Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I got stopped outside, and they said, man, that Brandon must have did y'all good. Well, you know what? It did do us good because that's where God speaks to us a lot of the time is through getting out and being neighbors and, and helping everything. But we were sitting on this wraparound porch. There was a square house, and this porch went all the way around. It was the coolest thing ever, right? And so we're sitting out on the porch, and, and Steve, the rancher, he starts telling me a story about his father-in-law. His father-in-law had two horses, and um, Steve had rented, leased a new pasture down there in California. He's from Oregon. So he was driving down to check his cows that had been turned out on this new pasture. And it was one of those pastures that is just, you know, the quintessential, like you see on Lonesome Dove or something like that with, you know, grass up to the horse's chest and it's just blowing in the breeze. And, you know, I'm sure Steve had his wild rag on flowing in the breeze. I don't know. But anyway, he was going down there to check his cows, but he didn't want to haul a horse. And so his father-in-law was going to help him. And his father-in-law has two horses. One of these horses is a generational type horse. Now, what I mean by that, it's a once in a lifetime where, you know, a lot of cats, you're lucky if you have one of those horses. And his father-in-law had this one, man. A lot of times, you know, when, when, you, when you have a gentle horse, you, you, the, when the gentleness goes up, the kind of the laziness goes up too. I mean, it's hard to find a real gentle horse that's reactionary, that can cut a cow, that can do everything you want it to do. Well, this was one of those horses. A horse could rope, it could cut, it could sort. I mean, it was gentle. You could throw a kid up on it. It was, just, it was literally one of those generational type horses. The other one was the opposite of that. Okay, I mean, it was a, what we call a dink. I mean, you know, kind of maples, you know, iron sides. You just kick it and kick it and kick it. It might be gentle, but it just very slow to react and just hard to ride and get anything done on. So anyway, they get down there and Steve grabs his saddle and he's going to throw it on the dink. Because you don't ride a man's good horse. But his father-in-law said, no, get on my good horse. He's like, no, I ain't riding your good horse. He goes, no, get on the good horse. He's like, I'm not riding your good horse. He said, get on the good horse. Because you're wanting to sort your cattle and you can't sort it on that dink and I don't want you screaming at me. So you get on the good horse and you do the work and I'll hold the herd. So he's like, okay. So he puts his saddle on the good horse and there they go across this quintessential beautiful pasture and they're riding along and he's just thanking God for all of his glory and the opportunity to live this type of life and they're out there long trot and all of a sudden that good horse comes to a complete stop just and he said he flies up on its neck like what in the world and that horse starts running backwards and he's looking at it I mean the, the, this is a good horse. He don't do that. And he looks down like, you know, like any cowboy. What is going? And he looks down, and his left boot is crimson with blood. And all of a sudden, no more than that happened, then the horse stops, and it starts swaying. And Steve throws a leg over, and as soon as he throws his leg over, man, the horse falls down. And there's blood everywhere. And he said that that horse looks up at him, raises its head up, and goes, and dies right then. And Steve said, I didn't know what to do. He said, my father-in-law's sitting right there, and he's looking, and I'm looking. And I'm like, what in the world? And he looks up at the trail through this grass. There was a T-post stuck 
at a 45 degree angle just below the height of the grass and that t-post had gone in that horse's armpit and punctured that horse's heart and he'd bled out in less than five seconds a generational horse had bled out and died just right there like before you can even fathom what is happening and steve said i looked at my father-in-law he said what do you say in that situation he said i looked at my father-in-law and said i am so so sorry and he goes are you okay the father-in-law said are you okay he goes i'm fine but you're a horse he said i, I didn't i didn't see the t-post i i don't know what to say he goes are you okay he said yeah I, i'm fine and he said that's all that's important is that you're okay and he said it took me a while and i still have to think about that six or seven years later that i have just not on purpose but i have just killed my father-in-law's not his good horse a generational once in a lifetime horse in its prime i've just killed it and my father-in-law asks me am i okay because that's all that's important. He said, how does a man do that? And for three weeks now, since I've been at that branding, I cannot get that out of my head because I don't know that I would have, if you were riding Fiona and you killed Fiona, I don't know that I would ask you, are you okay? I might pick you up off the ground after I got done with you and ask you if you're okay. No, I probably wouldn't do that. But I don't know that I would have handled it. And he said, seriously, man, he was just, are you okay? That's all that's important. What does it take to be that type of person? What does it take to be that type of person? You know, whenever I was in the fifth grade, and maybe it was before this also, but I, I vividly remember it in the first grade because I had to sit in the front row. <laughs> Because I got in too much trouble on the back row. I got in too much trouble on the front row, too. But anyway, I like to talk a lot. And, and I like to be a clown. And so I, I sat on the front row, and right in front of me was a bulletin board. And on this bulletin board were these, like, little letters that you buy at the school store or whatever. And it spelled out this. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And above it, in bright gold letters, it said, the golden rule. Well, I thought that was to make kids, you know, boys keep them, their hands to themselves. Because we was always, you know, picking at people or pulling girls' pigtails or, you know, whatever, whatever fifth, fifth grade boys do, right? I thought that was to keep us in mind. But do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It truly is the golden rule. But how do we do that? How do we do unto others as we would have them do unto you? I think that there are six old cowboy ways. And we're in part three of a, I don't know how far we'll go with it until God says stop, of a series called The Old Cowboy Ways. A lot of us in this, in this culture, the cowboy culture, whether you can ride and rope and brand or not, maybe you just like old John Wayne movies, man, you feel like you've been born 100 years too late. And if you're young, you might be thinking, like me, that I was born 150 years too late because we're not like all y'all old farts. And so we got to move it up a little bit, right? But in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible says this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old cowboy ways 
and do them. Now, the, your Bible probably doesn't say that. The Simplified Cowboy Version that I write says that. Your Bible probably says, ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Ride down this trail and you will find rest for your soul. Ride down this trail and you will find rest for your soul. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Where are you at right now? And I'm not talking about, you know, at, at a clinic to learn how to ride for God or watching online on Facebook or live stream or, or whatever, listening on the radio. I'm not talking about your physical presence. I'm talking about your spiritual. Where are you at right now? Because the crossroads that, that the Bible's talking about is here was your old life. Here is the life that God wants. Where are you at? And he says, when, when the, the Bible says, when you get to the crossroads, look around, look back at your life. Were you doing what God told you to do? Because you probably weren't, and your life was probably filled with fear and anxiety and depression and self-loathing and, and uh, low self-esteem and all of this stuff, and you've tried everything. And sure, things felt good for a little while, whether it was alcohol or drugs or pornography or whatever. Man, there's things that made you feel good for a second, but but they produced something else later that made you not like yourself. That's where you came from, but God is promising you something different. Look at the, stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Ride down this trail and you'll find rest for your souls. You can continue to chase after money and power and things and stuff and serving yourself and blah, 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 but you're going to keep getting what you've always been gotten. I don't really know if that's proper English, but y'all know what I said. You're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. But if you want something new, stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Ride down that trail and you'll find rest for your souls. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Man, that sounds great, but there's six cowboy qualities, not just six, but I'm going to list six cowboy qualities, those old ways that you will have to have if you want to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. The first thing that you're going to have to have is courage, is courage. Courage is not needed in a fight against others. It is needed in the fight against ourselves. Man, if you are ruled by fear, you are never going to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. You're going to be like those other people that say, I'll treat you like you treat me. That is the opposite of the golden rule. But that is what most people go by. You see, you see it on social media. You hear it in conversations. Well, I'll treat you like you treat me. That's not what the golden rule says. That's fear talking. If you treat me nice, I'll treat you nice. But if you're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. That's fear-based. Courage is I'll do to you what I, would expect, what I would want you to do to me. That's where courage comes in. Courage is not needed in a fight against others, but only against ourselves. I love what the late Billy Graham had to say about courage. He said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are also stiffened. Courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. What do you stand for? Will you be courageous and treat others the way you would like to be treated? Or are you going to be fear-based and say, I'm going to treat you like you treat me? So basically what I'm saying is, uh, is when you act like that, when you treat others the way they treat you, you hand them the keys to your thoughts, actions, and emotions and say, you tell somebody else, you're in control of me. 
You just pull the strings and I'm going to act like a puppet. You want me to act bad? You act bad. I'm going to mirror whatever you do. I am nothing but a puppet, a fearful string-pulled puppet. Cut those strings, take some courage, stiffen your backbone a little bit, and do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. You tell people, I don't care how you treat me. I'm going to treat you the way I'd like to be treated. The way you act is on you. The old cowboy ways. What did John Wayne say about courage? Courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyway. In order to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, that's what you're going to need is courage. Because it would have been easy for Steve's father-in-law to blame him. Man, what do you think you're doing? Why wouldn't you paying attention? Man, don't you, you just, you owe me for killing my horse, blah, blah, blah. Man, that's fear talking. You know what courage is? Courage is looking a man in the eye that just killed your once-in-a-lifetime horse and saying, are you okay? That's all that's important is that you're okay. To know what is important is courage manifest. The old, ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Ride down this trail and you'll find rest for your soul. The second old cowboy way is honesty. You know, honesty is a gift that everyone wants to give, but nobody wants to receive. You know, nobody likes to be called a liar. You know, nobody said, well, yeah, I like to ride and row. I can, I can flank calves all day and I'm pretty much just a big old liar. Nobody says that. Nobody strives to be a liar. But you know what? That's what we do most of the time. And, and we like to tell, well, I'm honest with people. I'm honest with people. Well, good for you. What about when somebody's honest with you? How do you handle that, cowboy? Not very well, most of us. Boy, we're real good about, I want to dish out honesty. I want to dish out honesty. But what about when somebody dishes it out to you? Well, it's a different story, isn't it? Well, that's where courage comes in. Man, if you're going to have the courage to be honest, you got to have the courage to receive honesty as well. Honesty is more, James Foss said this, honesty is more than not lying. It is truth-telling, truth-speaking, truth-living, truth-loving, and truth-receiving. Honesty is more than not lying. It is truth-telling, truth-speaking, truth-living, truth-loving, and truth-receiving. Think about that. We strive to be honest with others. You know, I mean, when, when somebody says, well, what do you think about this? <laughs> do you really want to know? Because, I mean, you know. And sometimes you can be truthful, and maybe it's not what they want to hear. But you pat yourself, we pat ourselves on the back for, oh, I'm honest with people. If they ask me, I tell them, well, what, if somebody, what if you ask somebody else and they tell you and you get all butthurt, right? Well, you ain't got to be ugly about it. Well, maybe they're not ugly about it. But it's, it's one thing to be honest with others, and it's even another thing to, be, to have others be honest with you. How about this? Have you ever tried to be honest with yourself? Man, if it, if it seemed like it's hard to be honest with others and it's even harder to, to receive honesty from others... How about being honest with yourself? Where are you at right now? What excuses are you making in your life right now? Where are you struggling? And in that struggle, are you making excuses for that struggle? And you're just like, well, I'm really good at this, and I know I'm struggling here, but maybe God will, maybe they'll even out. No, nothing evens out. We're supposed to grow. We're not supposed to rely just on, on what we're good at. We're not supposed to just do unto others the way they treat us. You're going to need courage, and you're going to need honesty. Richard Back said, Your conscience is the measure of the honesty of your selfishness. 
Think about that. That's kind of a mouthful, but your conscience is the measure of the honesty of your selfishness. We're all selfish, okay? We're, we're all selfish. We have a tendency to look out for number one, okay? And I, and I don't think we'll ever get over that because you're not in anybody else's body except your own. But we are in control of that body and being honest with ourselves and being honest with others and being able to receive honesty as well is one of those old cowboy ways that unless we have some people that will uphold that, it's dying away in this world. Same with courage. The third old cowboy way is called respect. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, the Apostle Paul says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Love each other with brotherly affection. He's not in his normal spot, so I don't think he's here today, but there is a great man that comes here in Kiowa. Y'all that are watching online, y'all don't, y'all probably don't know him unless you're from around here. And his name is Leroy Evans. And if you've ever talked to Leroy Evans, he'll shake your hand, and while he's talking to you, he'll hold your hand. And if you're a man and you've ever talked to Leroy Evans, there's a chance that he has held your hand. And it is one of the greatest things that you'll ever receive from another man because it is his way of saying, I am focused on you and you alone and I care about you. There is nothing stupid about it. There is nothing gay about it or anything. It is his way of showing brotherly affection and it is the highest form of respect I think I have ever seen. The only other thing that ever comes close to what Leroy Evans, the, the, uh, the example that he's led us, is whenever I was in Mexico, me and Steve Gordon, the guy that was riding the horse when it died, and Abe were all down in Mexico at the orphanage. And there was three men, Manolo, Luis, and Abel. They were the workers that were building the orphanage, and we were there to help them. While I was down there, I had a birthday. And they found out about it. And these are stoic men that don't say a lot, mainly because it was a bunch of gringos and I was the only one that spoke Spanish and, I, and my Spanish isn't as good as it used to be. But th they, they were very kind of polite and cordial, but not very talkative. But they found out that morning that it was my birthday. And something amazing happened that truly changed my life. Whenever I walked out that morning to go to work to build this orphanage for kids that don't have dads and moms or they've been given up or shunned aside or whatever the case may be i walked out that morning and manolo asked me in spanish or he told me he said it's your birthday and i said yes he walks up to me this guy that hadn't even hardly looked my way he opened his arms up he walked up to me and he full frontal embraced me with his cheek on my cheek and said happy birthday and squeezed me and then let go and walked off Luis was next. Luis walked up to me, opened his arms up wide and said, Feliz cumpleaños, amigo. And he hugged me full frontal, held me tight with his cheek on my cheek and said, happy birthday. And then he let me go. And Abel, I didn't even know Abel could speak. He just smiled all the time. Just, Abel, you know, how you doing? He didn't know what I was saying, right? You know, Abel walks up to me, opens his arms up. And smiles an even bigger smile if that was possible. And he says, Feliz cumpleaños, amigo. And he full frontal, full embrace, his cheek on my cheek. And he squeezed me. And I had tears in my eyes because this is what brotherly affection is. 
But we live in a society now that we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to hold hands with another man to show honor and respect. But I think it needs to come back. Caleb talked about that on his Men of Renown page just the other day. When's the last time you kissed your son on the cheek and hugged him and told him how much you loved him? When's the last time you reached out and held your son's hand and said, man, I care about you and there's nothing else in this world that I'll ever do. We're good about it whenever we're kids, but what about when we're adults? When's the last time an adult male has told his adult male child, I love you, son, and kissed him on the cheek? That's not strange stupid gay stuff or homosexual stuff. That is real men right there. And I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, did he just say that? Man, I'm telling you, man, this is the type of courage and honesty and respect that we need in our society. And if we're going to do unto others as we'd have them do unto us, that's the kind of stuff that's needed. It's that type of stuff. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Respect yourself enough to respect others. And you know what? As a Christian, you will never have to earn my respect. That's a big deal that floats around all the time. Well, you got to earn my respect. You know what? You don't have to earn my respect because my respect is not dependent upon you. Now, you may do something that warrants that I no longer give you respect, but when I, when I meet you, you have my full respect, not because of who you are, but because of who I want to be. You don't have to earn anything from me. Now, like I said, you may do something that makes me question giving you that type of respect, but you don't have to earn my respect. And I challenge every single one of you to go through life and do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Do you want to go out and have to prove yourself to four million people? Or what better world would we live in if everybody just said, man, I'm going to give you all the respect. Now, if you do something that warrants that you don't deserve that then that's another matter and we won't get into what happens then because then that's where forgiveness starts coming into play and that's another hard subject courage honesty respect and the fourth old cowboy way that we need in order to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you we talked about courage we talked about honesty we talked about respect the fourth one is integrity in luke 16 10 Jesus says, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. Jesus is saying, man, if you can be trusted with a little bit, more will be given unto you. But if you can't be trusted in the little things, you're not going to say, oh, well, you can't do this. Well, here, let me give you something more difficult. It's not going to happen. And I talk to people all the time. They say, you know, I just don't feel like I'm going anywhere. I was like, well, what is God telling you to do? And come to find out, they just didn't want to do what God's calling them to do. Ty talked about serving earlier. You're never going to move forward until you can be faithful in the little things. And, and what are the, I don't know that there are little things, but man, if you can't just pray to God and watch your mouth, man, you're never going to get up here to the, where the real blessings start. You are in control of you. Integrity. You know what? Tony Dungy said this. Integrity is the choice between what is convenient and what is right. Integrity is the choice between what is convenient and what is right. Because we could go a lot of different ways with that quote right there. Integrity is the choice between what feels good in the moment and what is right. Integrity is the choice between what is convenient and what is right. 
One of the truest tests of integrity is its blunt refusal to be compromised. You know, we all have this mental picture of the men and women that we want to be. You know, what do you want to be remembered for, right? What is your legacy that you want to leave? Legacy is, is your integrity after you're dead, okay? That's what legacy is. It's your integrity after you die. Who do you want to be? And what this is saying here, that one of the truest tests of integrity is its blunt refusal to be compromised, or another way of saying that is integrity is the measure of your character before you give in. When you say, this is the man I am, this is the cowboy that I want to be, how far will that go before you give up on who you say you are? When do you cave? When are your morals compromised? Because most of this world right here, it's all talk. It's like, you, it's like being in torture chamber, right? You'll never get anything out of me. And they pull the pliers out and you're like, ah, la, 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 la. you know, just go to singing, right? That's what it's like. How far will your character go before it's compromised? What compromises it? We need that type of integrity. And if you're going to do unto others as, you're gonna, as you would have them do unto you, it's going to take courage. It's going to take honesty. It's going to take respect. It's going to take integrity. Be true to yourself. The fifth thing that will be needed. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Ride down that trail and you will find rest for your souls. The fifth old cowboy way is strength. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, I just, man, there are certain verses that, that just speak to me, and I hope they speak to you. And a lot of people say, well, I just don't understand the Bible. I've tried to read it. Look, if you don't understand this verse that I'm fixing to read, you are asking for an airplane with some baby food on it. And you want somebody, open up, and I ain't going to do it. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to let the Bible speak for itself. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. Now, it's not just talking to men. It's talking to women too. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. And that's where that integrity comes from, man. You've got to be strong. You ain't going to do this by accident. But here's the thing. Strength does not lie in the muscle that is built up over time, but in the decision that is made in the moment. You want to know how to get strong? You've got to make the right decision every single time. You can't... And I was telling my wife this yesterday. You know, it, this means so much to me. And most people look at me like, oh, that's cute. But you can't get to the right place by going the wrong direction. You're not going to grow in Christ. And you're not going to find that rest for your souls that you're looking for by making the wrong, by choosing the wrong way all the time. That's where strength comes from, is making the right choice, even if it's a hard choice. And making it again, and making it again, and making it again. It the strength lies in the choice. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and the final cowboy quality that you will need if you want to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you is truth. Charles Spurgeon, the great 1800s theologian, said, A lie can travel halfway around the world while truth is putting its shoes on. A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting its shoes on. Here's the thing with truth. 
I, as a preacher, people come to me with biblical questions a lot. And they'll ask me about something, and I will tell them what the Bible says. And a lot of times, the very next words that come out of their mouths is this, well, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter what you believe. You came to ask me what God says about it. I told you what God says, and now you said, I'm going to trump God, and I don't believe that. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. We have to understand that the truth is the truth. That we need to stand at the crossroads and ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Follow that trail. And you will find rest for your souls. That is truth. Once again, you can't get to the right place by going the wrong direction. You're not going to find rest for your souls any other way than doing it this way. That is the truth. What is the truth? That's what Pilate asked Jesus. When he was on trial in front of all of the Sanhedrin and all of the religious people that wanted Jesus crucified... Pilate asked Jesus, he said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, you said it, I didn't. And he said, I have come that I may testify to the truth. And Pilate said, what is truth? And then he washed his hands and said, I wash my hands of this, kill him. And you know, we, we, can, we can look back in hindsight and say, man, truth was sitting right in front of Pilate and he missed it. But truth is living within us and we miss it all the time because we would rather... Take the easy route and believe what we want to believe, then trust in the truth. Once again, it'll take courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. These six old cowboy ways, if we are going to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And in John 8, 32, Jesus said, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And this is where we, we come full circle, okay? We've taken the outside. We, we, we've, we've, we, we've taken no shortcuts. We've pulled no punches. We've, we've giggled a little bit, and we've, we've heard some hard stuff, and we have uh, evaluated ourselves, and we've seen some places that we're lacking. Even me, while I'm talking, I'm sitting there thinking, this is my problem, and this is where I struggle, and I'm doing the same thing you're doing now. But you know what? Whenever I was in that fifth grade classroom sitting in that deal, and I looked up and I saw do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, and it had the golden rule up there. Did you know I was an adult before I knew that was Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, word for word? It wasn't some saying to make fifth graders keep their hands to themselves. It was Jesus' own words. And he says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is the essence of all the law and of the prophets. Do unto others. Jesus is saying, man, here's everything that you got to do to be right with God. But if I could summarize that for you right quick, it just means do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And boy, haven't we come full circle in 180 degrees from what Jesus intended. And we've said, I'm going to do to you like you do to me. Instead of do unto others like you would like them do unto you. And in Matthew 7, 13, we talked about it last week. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Because the really cool thing, the really cool thing about it 
is that when you take courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth, trust, when you put those together, it spells Christ. You can't do it. You will never do unto others as they would have them do unto you without Jesus. And he says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, do unto others you'd have them do unto you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law of the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. Ride down this trail and you will find rest for your soul. And I know every single one of you need that. Every single, every single one of you need that. Every single one of you deserve that. Why? Because Jesus gave you a gift on that cross. And he just wants you to take it. There is a way when we were in the branding in California. Whenever you go to a branding, the first thing you do in a rope and drag top situation, and not all of those situations are this way, but in most of the branding situations, unless you head and heal them, the first thing you do is you sort the mamas off of the babies. You get all the babies together, and then you work the babies. You brand them. You vaccinate them to make them healthy, to make them strong, and then you turn them back out with the moms. But the first thing you do is you sort the cows and the calves, and then the branding starts. And you can always tell the old hands from the new ones. The old hands are usually guaranteed a spot to rope in the branding, and we see it all the time when people go to the brandings for the first time. They make a really, really, really huge mistake. It's not up on a bulletin board anywhere called the golden rule. But if you ever get invited to a branding and you make this mistake, you can bet you're going to be on the ground crew the rest of the time. And I'll tell you what that is next week. Let's go to God in prayer. God, let us ask for the old cowboy ways and do them. If we ride those trails, we will find rest for our souls. The trail we follow is your son who came and showed us how to ride. Help us to leave our sinful lives behind and become the men, become the women, become the cowboys we were meant to be. Let us leave here today forever changed as we do unto others, as we would have them do unto us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before you leave, I need to tell you something, especially y'all watching on Facebook live stream. Y'all don't, don't give up on me yet. We've come up with a new deal. It was, it was built for the live stream audience, but it is not exclusive to them. Y'all that are here today are welcome also. We have a new deal called the Long X Ranch Cowboys. It is for those people, and hopefully you are one of these, that feel like you're right here and you would like to elevate your relationship with God. Okay? You want you were here, you want to elevate. We're going to ask our Long X Ranch Cowboys to do two things. We're going to ask them to live the life that God told them to with courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. Okay? We're going to ask the, our Cowboys to do that. The second thing we're going to ask our Cowboys to do is tell people about Save the Cowboy. We want them to take the outside because our only mission in life is to tell others, Save the Cowboys' mission is to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ, and we're looking for Cowboys that will take the outside. We will never reach as many people as you will. 
I'll never reach your coworker. If somebody does, I, I, I'll, I'll be glad to tell him about Jesus. I'll be glad to tell her about Jesus. But you are going to have to say, I know somebody that has something to tell you. And that's the cool part about it. When we ask our cowboys to tell them about Save the Cowboy, we're going to ask them to do it with one verse, John 139, where Jesus said, come and you'll see. So when somebody sees your Save the Cowboy jacket or you tell somebody, hey, have you ever heard of Save the Cowboy? No, what is it? Come and you'll see. That's all we want you to say. Come and you'll see. And curiosity will kill the cat. Curiosity will kill the cat. You can watch them on Facebook. If you're on, if you're on Facebook, you can go to SaveTheCowboy.com. They've even got a mobile app that you can listen to the podcast and all of this really cool stuff. What you get out of that is we, we've got, if you are on social media, we are going to have a private group where we disciple, where we encourage, where we iron sharpened iron. We bring people into a group and we are there for each other. You will, our cowboys will be a part of that group. They will also receive a weekly devotional from me that will encourage them with things just like this. You can't get it anywhere else. But I only want the people that are truly, just like Ty was talking about on our Wednesday night deal, this is a spiritual Wednesday night deal for Cowboys. If you are ready to up your game and truly take your spiritual walk with God seriously, then go to SaveTheCowboy.com. Part of, part of being a Cowboy is being able to follow directions, okay? you got to go to SaveTheCowboy.com. Right at the top underneath the banner says, Become a Long X Ranch Cowboy. Click this picture. It's not hard for some people, Okay? If you need help with that, ask your three-year-old. They'll be able to help you, okay? Seriously, though, we're, we're, looking, we're looking for cowboys that, that are ready to up their game. And you know what? It's going to be harder because we, we're going to go to the next level, okay? We're going to go to the next level, and we hope that y'all will go as well. Thank you for being a part of this. Y'all are amazing. Thank you to everybody on Facebook and social media. We love everybody. See y'all next week.